if you will turn with me to John 5. I am going to set you up in this. You are. I am. John 5. I'm going to begin in verse 1. It says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, before I go on, I want to say this. Do you have any guts? Do you have the courage to believe the Word of God? Now, it says the world will pass away, but the Word of God will abide forever. Forever. So this Word that I am going to read to you this morning will abide long after this world is gone. Now, with that in mind, let's read some of the Word of God. Verse 2. Now, there is a Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is in the Hebrew tongue called Bethesda, having five porches. These lay a great multitude of impotent folk, great multitude, whole bunch of people, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Isn't that amazing? And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. So he was older than 38, and he had this infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus, who was in town, saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? An impotent man answered him, Sir, now I want you to take a look at this. Wilt thou be made whole? Whole. Whole. Not just healed, whole. He said, the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is, it is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then they asked him, What man is he that said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed was not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. But afterwards, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Now look at these words. Look at the words of Jesus. Jesus said, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more. Sin no more. Lest a worse thing come unto thee. Sin no more. The guy's been lying by a pool of water for 38 years. And Jesus said, Sin no more. Sin no more. What caused his infirmity? If you read this phrase, he said, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worst thing come unto thee. Worse than that, how was this? If you can read, if you have ears to hear, sin caused this man's sickness. Sin caused this man's infirmity. Amen. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. Do you have the courage to believe the word of God? Especially if you're sitting there sick. I'm going to give you something to consider. All right. I'm going to go in Deuteronomy 28. This book 
has about 16, uh, 14 verses of wonderful blessings if we obey God. And then it has a whole lot of curses if we don't. But I'm only going to look at a couple verses. I'm going to begin in verse 20. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, rebuke, and all that thou settest thine hand unto for to do until thou be destroyed and until thou perish quickly because, because of the wickedness of thy doings whereby thou hast forsaken me. Forsaken God. What does forsaken God bring upon you? It says, verse 21, The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he have consumed thee from off the land, whether thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption that is a consuming disease, uh, one that we know for sure is what we have now. It's called tuberculosis. And with a fever and with an inflammation and with an extreme burning and with the sword, and with the blasting, and with the mildew, they shall pursue thee until thou perish. And it goes on and on and on. What brought all these curses? What brought it? Not obeying God and forsaking him. That's sin. That's sin. Romans 6, the wages of sin is death. The wages. Well, you know, you don't have to die in one moment. Amen. It can take you years to die. And you know what? You can be very vexed in the process. Hallelujah. Now, turn with me to John. Let's go to, let's go to Luke 10. Luke 10. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And this, I love this story. This is for us short people. All right. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans. And he was rich. He was a rich man. It says, and they sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he's little of stature. That's why people like us climb trees. It says, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass by that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus. He knew Zacchaeus' name. He said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must dwell at abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured. Oh, don't we love those murmurs? They all murmured saying that he has gone to be the guest of a man that is a sinner. Look who Jesus has gone home with. That rich sinner. Okay, and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore to him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, let's take a look at the words of Jesus because they abide forever. He said, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as also he is a son of Abraham. And look at this next verse. For the son of man, the son of man is come to seek, to seek even, to seek and save that which was lost. Turn with me to John 3. Seek and save that which was lost. That which was lost. He came to seek and save that which was lost. In John 3, I'm just going to read verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Get those words sunk down in your ears. 
It says, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Are you being condemned? It is not God and the son doing it. It is not the father and it is not the son doing it. It says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, the world through Jesus might be saved. I want to speak to those that are in sin and think that you can't, you don't deserve to be brought out. I want to speak to those that have a, 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 a problem, alcoholism, drug addiction, sexual perversion, uh, gluttony. I want to speak to you. That's who Jesus came to save. You're just the ones that Jesus came to save. Do you hear that? He didn't come to condemn. He came to save. And when God wants to deliver you, God wants to deliver you. You know, God made a, a wonderful statement in John, in the, in the epistles of John. It says, God is love. Have you ever considered that? God is love. And yet we've been brought up thinking that God doesn't love us. He is love. He can't help but love you. That's why he sent Jesus. He could not even help loving you. He loves you because he is love. And he sent Jesus not to condemn you, but to get you out of your situation. And I will tell you, sin will cause sickness. Sin will cause these things, but Jesus will get us out of the sin. I've shared this before, but there was a situation when I lived in Frisco. I got sick. I mean, I got sick. I had to call off school, and I don't call, I never, I hardly ever called off school. I was a teacher. I hardly ever missed school. Why? Because I was walking as much as I could in the Word. But I was sick here. I was sick. I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of bed. But I, I, had, I couldn't cook. I couldn't help my family. I couldn't do anything. And they all went to school and they went to work. And I finally got myself out in the living room and stuck myself in the chair. I could hardly walk. I was so weak. And I turned on Terry Mai's music. I turned on that anointed music. I said, I need some help. And I started to pray with as much as I could. And you know what happened? The first time I ever had a tongue and interpretation, and that's one of the gifts of the Spirit, happened with me praying. And I spoke in tongues, and then God interpreted, and he said, it's rebellion. It's rebellion. Me? Sweet little old me? Rebellion. He said, and in that interpretation, he said, when you lay your hands on your belly, you call that rebellion out, and it'll come out. And I did exactly what that interpretation said. And you know what? It came out. I shook. I shook clear down to the very bones. That rebellion was deep in my heart. I shook. I said, uh, it reminded me of a dog with a rag doll. I mean, that's how much I shook. I shook. And you know what happened after that thing came out? It was. It was a spirit. And how did it get in there? Sin. A rebellion. You know what happened after? Five minutes later, I was up cooking dinner for my family, totally healed. Amen. Totally healed. And I saw another man 
who is addicted to cigarettes. I lived with him, my ex-husband. God bless him. I saw him. He was addicted to those cigarettes. He couldn't put them down. At one point, he told me, well, I just smoke them because I like him. I said, then quit, and he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. You know what was giving him the taste of the nicotine? The little devil in him. The devil in him. The devil was like the nicotine. The devil loved the nicotine. And I saw him go to God. And he said, I need some help. I need some help. Notice, I need some help. Humbled himself. And he turned to me and he said, I believe God's telling me to fast these cigarettes seven days. He said, I don't know if I can do it. And you know what? God granted him the grace. He could. And you know what happened at the end of that seven days? He was glad the seven days were over. I mean, he was fasting seven days, and it was, it was, it was hard on him. But at the end of the seven days, he picked up a cigarette to smoke it. He said it was the worst-tasting thing he ever tasted. He said it must be the package of cigarettes, and he threw them away. Got a new pack. I mean, that pack had been sitting around the house for a week. Got a new pack. Took one taste of that cigarette. Tasted awful. Do you know God delivered him? Never had another cigarette. Not never had another cigarette as long as I was in the house with him. Never had another one. Why? He went to God. Jesus came to set the captive free. He came to seek those of us that are lost. He came to help us. He came to deliver us. He went to the cross for us. He bore our sin on his own body gladly for you. Gladly. That's why he's so happy to help you because he's already paid the price for it. He carried cancer on the cross. He carried alcoholism on the cross. He carried perversion on the cross. He carried, he carried uh, nicotine uh, addiction on the cross. He carried drug addiction on the cross. He carried it all. He carried it all. Why? Because the Father is love. And the Father knew that was the only way he was going to help you, was he was going to have to have Jesus become a man and take it for you. God is love. And he loves you. And he wants to deliver you. And he wants to make you clean and whole like this man here. And he wants to take the very desire for the sin out of you. Do you know he can? That is the power of the gospel. That is the power of when God raised Jesus from the dead. He has the power to totally make a man whole and free and perfect and walking in the gospel. But the first thing you need to do is to be born again. Jesus said you must be. You must be, you must get that seed, that spirit of Jesus in you so he can begin to help you. And he will give you the faith to do that. All you have to do is call on the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to get me out. I want you to help me. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And you know what happens when you do that? You are born again. The spirit of Jesus will come into your heart and he will begin to make you whole just like he did with the man at Bethesda. 
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.